Welcome to episode 55 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Axe. It is so great to have you here. How'd you find us today on the Syracuse Sports Podcast? Maybe the link right on Syracuse.com or social media. Both terrific ways to listen in, but don't forget that you can subscribe to the Syracuse Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All the new episodes sent right to you so you can listen on demand. I also want to tell you about the Syracuse Football Podcast as well. My colleague at Syracuse.com, Stephen Bailey, former Orangeman Julian Wiggum, talks Syracuse football twice a week. Western Michigan head coach Tim Lester, former Syracuse offensive coordinator, has been a recent guest on the podcast. Julian and Steven do a great job breaking down all things Syracuse football, and you can subscribe to that as well. My guest today is Adam Shine, the energetic host on SiriusXM's Mad Dog Sports Radio. But that's certainly not all. You can see Adam on television, on that other pregame show, and NFL Monday QB on the CBS Sports Network, Time to Shine, weeknights at 6 on the CBS Sports Network. You can read him on NFL.com. He's got the Adam Shine podcast. And now you can add Hall of Famer to the mix as well, a recent inductee into the WAER Hall of Fame at Syracuse University. He's certainly one of the most well-known and busiest broadcasters to come out of the famed Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse University. I'm a big fan of Adam's radio show. I had the great privilege to take over for Adam on local radio here in Syracuse. We've been friends over the years, and it was great to catch up with him and talk shop a little bit, how he prepares for all of those shows that he does, reflecting on his time at Syracuse University and what the poke scale is and why it's his secret to success in the sports radio world. Let's take a listen. This is my conversation with Adam Shaw. All right, so let me go through this, Adam. Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. Time to shine. That other pregame show, NFL Monday QB on the CBS Sports Network, NFL.com. Now let's throw a podcast in there, the Adam Shine podcast. <laughs> I mean, did they clone you? What is going on here, man? Good for you. Uh, Brent, I, you know me. I, I love it all. I love life. And, you know, it's interesting. When I when I signed my new deal at, at SiriusXM this March, um, one of the last things that we talked about was getting into the podcast world with the SiriusXM Pandora merger. And I was very interested in it, assuming, you know, I could figure out a way to somehow fit it into the day. And I, I thought the idea was great. And, I mean, you know the deal. I'm talking to you on your podcast. That's right. You know, everybody's got a podcast. I mean, you've got your radio <laughs> show. You've got dot .com. You're, you're, you're doing everything, radio, TV, at Syracuse, owning the airwaves. But it, it's funny. You get a podcast and, like, that's I mean, I have all these shows. Life is amazing. Get a podcast. Oh, podcast. Now, now we're good. We got a podcast. <laughs> well, you know what it is. It, for somebody asked me, they said, "With everything you do, why do you do a podcast?" And my response was only half jokingly, "Well, because it's there." But the other thing is, you know this. You've got to hit every demographic you can, and podcasts Bingo. are certainly skewing younger. And it's a way to get those darn millennials listening to you, right? You're 100% right, and here's what, what is fascinating to me. I've heard from people I haven't heard from in years. You know, I'm on the radio every single day. I'm on television every single day. You know, I write for NFL.com once a week. 
I have heard from people I literally haven't heard from in 10, 15, 20 years. It's a totally different demographic. And, you know, one of the things they wanted me to do with SiriusXM with the podcast, you know, it's a different side to me in terms of delivery and heavy interviews. And they weren't necessarily like Aaron Rodgers comes on the radio show once a year. I'm not having Aaron Rodgers on the podcast. But I'll have David Wright on, who's a phenomenal, obviously, a footballer, you know, former Syracuse star, Keith Bullock, who's my, one of my close friends from childhood, you know, to reminisce. So we just had Michael Rappaport, the actor on. So it, it's different, you know, we'll talk about fantasy, talk about, you know, the games against the spread in the NFL, talk about, you know, my kids being involved in fantasy and picking games. So it's, it's I have to tell you, I... I I love doing the podcast. It is so much fun. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. That's great to hear, and you do everything with that great enthusiasm and energy you bring to the table. Adam, I, I've got to ask you, like, what is the Adam Shine like workout plan? Let's add that to the to the list. Let's get a workout, and you know as well as anybody, you got to take care of yourself to do it. So, how? What is your approach there? How do you, uh, you know, take care of yourself knowing how busy you are? You know, I'm so glad you asked this question, and and I'll I'll give you a, 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 some information on it because, you know, I in the football season it's always about time, right? You know, it's for me it's always about time, and I, I just committed with the podcast. I'm like, I have to without question wake up in the morning at 6 a.m. and make sure I'm on the elliptical for at least 30, 40 minutes, in addition to you know running or going you know, to the gym. We have an elliptical downstairs in our house uh, on Saturdays. I'm watching Red Zone on Sundays, the 4 o'clock games. I get on the elliptical. Um, you know, I, I try to go to bed, and it's game-dependent, between 10.45 and 11.45. And I wake up between 6 and 6.45, usually closer to 6. You know, now our oldest is in middle school. She's getting up, and, and I, I'm ready to go. So I try to get seven hours of sleep a night, which I usually do, you know, prep for the radio show. I take an 820 train. And I get there, you know, at a nice time of like 915, ready to go, prepping with my guy, Bob Stu, rock and roll on the radio show. I always know, I'm always prepping that monologue, you know, 25 hours a day, constantly thinking of, of the content. And then, you know, here's a big key. I bring lunch every day. I bring lunch, I order my Starbucks, I have two cups of coffee, Trader Joe's coffee, in the morning, and then at 1 o'clock, I order my Starbucks on the mobile app, I bring a turkey sandwich with two pieces of fruits and two Cliff Bars for energy every day, call my wife, check in, say hello, uh, my, my coordinating producer for Time to Shine, Allison Cohen, is amazing, and I love making the donuts with her every single day, get to CBS between 2.30, 2.45, 3 o'clock production meeting, and then write some scripts, you know, writing until like 5.30, get makeup, ready to go, 6 to 7, and then bam, I, I take a train to work, I, I get a car home, you know, get in, 7.45, 8 o'clock, see the family, and it all starts over again, and I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. So let me add one more thing to the list here, Adam, and I wonder if this is how you're going to sign your autograph from now on. Hall of Famer. W-A-E-R has named you a Hall of Famer along with Nick Wright, who is, you know, doing the same thing you are. Radio, television, he's everywhere. Uh, he's got a nice long day, but doing what he loves to do. And 
and you're being added to, to some terrific names, and of course that broadcast lineage that comes from Syracuse University. I know how special Syracuse is to you and, and what it means to you having gone through here and done radio here as well, not just attending Syracuse University, but when you hear Hall of Famer, like of all the things you've accomplished, where would you rank that? It's number one. And uh, this is the first time, you know, anyone's ever said this to me on, on the air. Uh, I got some great calls on it, but hearing it from you, Brent, it's, I got the chills as you were saying it. And, you know, it's funny, I got some unbelievable messages Friday night and, and Saturday. And Rich Gannon, uh, my good friend from CBS, he does Monday QB, he, he texts me and he said, oh, now you can start signing your name with hashtag HOF. Nice. Which I, I started laughing. But in all seriousness, when I was eight, I wanted to go to Syracuse. That, I, that was it. I wanted to be a sportscaster. I wanted to go to Syracuse. There was no other option for me. And, you know, WAR is the best student radio station in, in the country. And those four years just shaped my life. And when I was there, I created a talk show staff. Um, you know, because you always know about the play-by-play guys and, you know, Costas and, and Glickman and Albert and Eagle and Tarico and McDonough. And I said, you know, we, we need talk shows. We need talk show staff. And, you know, we need a post-game show for Syracuse football, basketball, and cross, and a weeknight show. And we did that in addition to calling games. I have my college years, my WAR years, with the four Donovan McNabb years. And, and AR, it means everything to me. And, and it really shaped my life. And that, it was it, it real. I remember the first meeting where they took a flyer, you know, the first week of school. And there's 130 kids in the New House One building. And then they have 20 on as writers where you're waking up at 4 in the morning and doing dental sports camp. And it takes like a year to get cleared. And then only 10 make it on the air. And then to with all the, the history of Syracuse broadcasters, to hear the whole thing, I, I mean this. And, you know, for me, that is... The honor. It is the most special thing that I could ever be associated with. Adam, who were the people, when, and I know there's a long list, and I'm sure you, you'll have a speech ready to go when you go into the Hall of Fame next year, and these names will get proper due, but who were are the most influential people that shaped you when you were at Syracuse University and here in Central New York? Wow, what a great question. Um, in Syracuse, I think, first of all, David Rubin, he was the dean of the Newhouse School when I was there, and he was a mentor, he was a friend. Rick Wright was a tremendous influence on me. Barbara Foltz was a tremendous, tremendous influence on me. I think that when you understand the history and tradition of, of WAR, you're motivated, frankly, by, by the greats, and I, and I mean that. You know, by by the people who have walked those halls, and you know, back in the day, were cutting you know tape literally with razor blades and put features together. Matt Mulcahy was one of my professors when I was in college, and he obviously is a legendary news anchor in in Syracuse, and he meant the world to me. Dave Ryan was my my sports reporting professor, and you know, he obviously has had a great career, and you know, calls games for for us on CBS Sports Network. And, you know, when I was in Syracuse professionally and worked those three amazing years at, at WHCN and WSYR, you know, Joel Delmonico took a, a chance on 
on a kid who was fresh out of school and I filled in a bunch when I was in college and, you know, got that job doing, doing the afternoon show. And, and I'll tell you, the, the other person is Jim Beheim. And, you know, people will sometimes say to me, and, and, and Beheim and I have had a great relationship. You know, Jim Beheim had a chance early on to make a break me. And, and Jim used to call in off air. I used to go to practice, you know, every weekend. I used to sit there at practice. You know, I wasn't just going to be a talk show host who, you know, wouldn't try to do some legwork. And Beheim, and I only say this, was, was very important in, in my development in Syracuse. You know, a weekly call-in on the show. And I, I really owe so much to Jim Beheim. Kevin Moore actually launched my television career. Uh, I did a weekly hit WTBH5 Monday Night Commentary. So I, I, Kevin was a friend who was two years older than me at, at WAR. And also the sports directors who were there. Uh, Robert Lee was my sports director. And I was the assistant sports director. John Bloom cleared me for air. Jamie Say, she was absolutely tremendous. Bill Lee, who was in charge of the station. Chris Bolt, who was in charge of news. Ben Staten, who was uh, the, the news anchor. And you know, everyone used to start the newscast. Jennifer, I've been going right into it. I mean, some, some great, John Nicholson, one of the all-time great professors and a, a big-time influence on me. I mean, I mean, there's some great names right there off, off the top. I had Troy Skinner, who was my program director, who, who hired me. He was a big, a big influence on me. Um, just amazing people when I was at WAR. Now, that's your... <clears throat> pardon me. I'm going to do that again. So, Adam, that's your Syracuse influence. And I, I know that you grew up in New York City, and you listen to Mike and the Mad Dog, and the fact that that has come full circle, that you are now on a channel named for Christopher Russo, Mad Dog Sports Radio, that's just got to be surreal for you on a daily basis to not only work with Chris, but work on a channel named after him. And I know you've had some opportunities maybe to go to WFAN, but you're happy where you are. You just signed a new contract. It's serious. But to, to have that come full circle and that dream come true, you're right beside Chris, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I mean, that's got to be a special thing for you, too. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, the irony is, I'll tell you something real quick, friend, was um, my wife a couple weeks ago, found an article from the Post Standard. It was a Labor Day weekend feature in 1999. Donna DeToto wrote a feature on me, Born to Talk. And it's two pages long, and she framed it for me. And that's going in the office in, in the house. And the reason I reference that is because Donna wrote, there was a great line, while other kids Adam's age were listening to Pearl Jam and Nirvana, he was in the bedroom listening to Mike at the Mad Dog. Oh, nice. And those guys, what a great line, right? Donna's tremendous. And, and those guys are all doing creative sports talk radio. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's surreal to be, is it to have a relationship with both Mike and Chris? It's, it's surreal to work on a radio station for Sirius XM that's named after Christopher Russo. I have great relationships with, with both of them and you know, Dog is, is the best. I love working for, for his channel. We stand for the same things when it comes to sports talk radio and, 
go about it the same way. And I, I love Series Entertainment. I've been there for 15 years. I, I want to be there forever. And you know, being part of Mad Dog Sports Radio, it's 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 important, and it's also nostalgic to your to your point. I, I echo that completely. I saw a study recently, Adam, and as somebody who also is in, in the sports talk radio business, it's something that I'm, I'm always looking at and studying, but this recent thing really grabbed me, and I, I thought of you immediately when I saw this, not even thinking about that we were going to be chatting on this podcast, and it was this. Jason Barrett, who you know, who's a big uh, sports radio guy and has Barrett yep. Sports Media website now, you've been a guest on his podcast, he did a study the other day, it was a Twitter poll, and he got over 22,000 responses to this and votes in the poll and it was about what do you find least important in a sports talk radio show? Now, he asked specifically about a morning show, and a morning show is a different animal, as you know. But the, yep. the thing that got the, the biggest response that was least important was callers. And I thought, well, listen, as a fan of Adam's show and, and knowing the business a little bit, like all those characters that call into your program that this big family that's there every day i can't imagine your show without the input of those callers so what did you think if if you saw that poll and that response or or just hearing it now about how maybe the audience doesn't find callers as important but i guess it, it depends on what show they're listening to yeah i i and good job mentioning the morning show, because otherwise I would have said I found the results cringe-inducing. And morning radio is a different beast. Seriously. You know, I, I, I don't consider myself a morning show in terms of, you know, my skill sets and what I do every day, even though I'm, I'm on in L.A. and the West Coast in the morning. It's, it's a sports radio show, and it's, it's give and take. I, I hated those results. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of hosts are scared to take calls. You know, I think they don't want to be embarrassed, frankly. You know, I, I love the give and take. I also think it's an art to take in telephone calls. I think you have to have a great producer. Just because you dial a number doesn't mean you get on the air. You know, just because you call before someone else doesn't mean you get on the air first. There's a method to the madness. You know, if you hear Dr. Salkin call in and he wants to talk about Notre Dame, Georgia, and I might leave my hold for two and a half hours if that's not the topic. Or I might not take you. Know, but if he wants to be on topic, then I will take his call sooner than later. I, I just, I found that so bothersome. You know, I, I and we at Mad Dog Sports Radio, we operate like a local station in that regard. And I also think it differentiates us from, you know, ESPN or Fox or CBS or the other national radio outlets because callers do have a voice. There is an art to it. You know, we play a lot of sound. We come out of a break. I definitely talk more out of a break than I ever have. You know, attention spans are tough. There's nothing worse than bad phone calls. But I really think there's a way for a host in conjunction with a producer to get great telephone calls. And I, I say this, and I know I can have fun and be subject to hyperbole, but I really think we have the best callers in all the sports talk radio, and I'll I'll stand by that. Yeah, that 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 poll result from and Jason Barrett superb. The, the results really irked me, and I from from a show standpoint, I can't speak to a morning show, but from a show standpoint, that really bothered me. 
Adam, final question for you here. I think this can apply to a lot of things. It can be advice for young broadcasters that want to get into whatever they want to. And we listed all the things you can get into these days. Maybe do all of them, too. And that is the poke scale. This is a philosophy that you have that you learn from somebody who is prominent in the business, and I think you apply it to everything that you do. For those that aren't familiar with the poke scale, what is it? Passion, opinion, knowledge, entertainment. That's where Eric Smith came up with poke. And it's a great acronym, and I think about it all the time. And I remember very early on in my career, Eric said, you want to try to be a 10 out of 10 every single day. And, and he tells every host that in all of these categories. And I think that's how a successful talk show host and a successful talk show is judged. Passion, opinion, knowledge, entertainment. And I, in all the vehicles I do on a daily basis, I pride myself on on checking the boxes and hitting above a 10 out of 10 and, and that specific criteria, those specific criteria. And it's, it's, it's something that, that really helped shape me in terms of a vision and what I wanted to be and how I, I wanted to be perceived doing what I do on CBS Sports Network and on, on Sirius XM every single day. Adam, can't tell you how much I appreciate the time. I know a lot of people here in uh, Syracuse are... Always curious what you're up to and love hearing from you, and, and they know uh, how much you care about this place, not only Syracuse University, but Central New York in general. And uh, continued luck and success to you, and congratulations on the Hall of Fame induction. We're thrilled for you, man. I'm telling you, you give me the chills again, Brent. I mean, you, you know how much I love Syracuse, and even after being there uh, as a student, living there for three years, and the acceptance from the people in Syracuse, changed my life. I mean, if I wasn't accepted, who knows what would have happened. And um, I, it's funny, we haven't brought our kids back to campus. My wife and I were just looking at the schedule for hoops. Were I in that North Carolina game? All right. So bring it. I, I, I am really hopeful we'll be up in, in Syracuse, the Shine 5, for the, for the Q's North Carolina game. And please tell everybody I say hello. It took uh, it took a leap year for that to happen. That's February 29th. It only happens every four years. Oh, so wow. The, <laughs> the rare date brings you back. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's awesome. That's, it's kind of poetic, I guess, right? Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Adam Shine. Thanks for listening to episode 55 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Dax. Again, don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Just hit that subscribe button. The new episodes will be delivered to you to listen on demand. Former Syracuse quarterback Don McPherson, Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack have been recent guests on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. So dig into that archive and listen to some previous episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the Syracuse Football Podcast as well with Stephen Bailey and Julian Wiggum for excellent insight on Syracuse University football. We'll talk to you next time here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. My name is Brent Dax.